Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for joining Build Your Wealth Muscle. On this episode, you're going to learn how fit pros make quarterly payments. So why do we pay quarterly payments? Who owes them? Like what type of businesses owe them? How do the payments work? And how to pay these without the help of an accountant. And as always, if this episode brought you value or helped you with your finances or taxes, please do me a favor, share it. Tag me at the Pat Darby on Instagram. That's the same on TikTok as well. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer. The topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Build Your Wealth Muscle. The this episode is going to to really focus on another specific area of finance, specifically tax. If you're with me for the last six episodes, we went into the details of personal finance and what financial planning is. Today, we're going to make it a little bit of a deeper dive. We're more focused back on the business side of things. Obviously, for you fit pros, for the most part, your business life and your personal life in terms of the finances run pretty close together. And I do my best to try to delineate the business and the personal and obviously where they merge and how they can work in synergy with each other. Now, today it's going to be a deep dive on taxes, specifically quarterly estimates, why we need to do it, when we need to do it, how you can do it. Now, this is another part, essentially gray area, because most people listening to this, it's highly likely that you're not a C corporation. You're either a sole proprietorship and a one member LLC, maybe you have a partner or a an S corp, <laughs> sorry, easy for me to say, or you're an S corp, which for most people, that's an LLC that elected to be taxed as an S corp. Or if you went straight from a sole proprietorship to an S corp, all of those things are, it's going to be applicable because they're what the IRS considers a pass through entity. So even though you have a business entity in the LLC or the S corporation, those entities don't pay tax. It flows completely to your personal tax return. So we're going to get into, because you owe those estimated tax payments, how that works, how you can how you can do this with or without an accountant's help. Quick disclaimer, I highly recommend every business owner be working with a professional accountant, whether that's a CPA or an enrolled agent, a tax professional. Again, I have talked in the past about what tax planning is, and obviously that was in one of the previous episodes, but... Even if you're not doing tax planning, I don't recommend you using the turbo taxes and the, the software that you can do it yourself only because as a business owner, yes, the cost to pay for your tax filing is going to go up. But if you're working with someone who really knows what they're doing, they're likely going to save you more than their, their actual fee by making sure you capture as many of the tax strategies as possible. But I should mention again, this is not an episode about tax planning. There is a difference between tax preparation and tax planning. So 
please be aware that if you're hiring someone that basically gets to work for you in the February, March, April timeframe of the year after the business year end, they're doing tax preparation for you. So it's likely they're not doing a lot of strategy with you as much as maybe just asking you probing questions to make sure you capture what was done previously. There's nothing that they can really do per se other than record history. So I can't emphasize that enough. I talk about that on my social. I probably should do another episode where I really hammered home that tax planning and tax preparation are different. But for today's episode, this isn't really tax planning as much as part of the tax preparation process and the portion that you may be left to do on your own after you work with your accountant. Again, it's never a knock on accountants. Uh, I work with them. Again, I like working in that team environment where myself as the tax strategist is working with the, the tax preparer that essentially needs to document the things that we did so that if, God forbid, you're audited, we have the documentation showing like what we did and validating it for the record keeping. So they have an incredibly valuable role. But if you go there with the expectation that they're going to be the full strategist and they're more or less paying or being hired to record history, essentially file your taxes, that's going to be a separate thing. So hopefully that's helpful. But let's dive in right now all about quarterly estimates. Because as a fitness entrepreneur, again, unless you're a C corporation, then, and I'm just assuming most people are not, you're going to owe these quarterly tax estimates. So let's talk about how to do them. So the first thing I shouldn't say, we're going to talk about how, but that's going to be the end. Let's talk about why. So I started talking about that. Like you owe it because you're a pass-through entity. So the business itself is not paying taxes. It's all flowing to you personally, the owner or owners, if it's a partnership or multi-member S corporation, things like that. Those are called pass-through entities. And that's, they, they just as the name describes, it, the taxation, the de- tax deductions, all that, it just passes right through the business to the owners. And again, uh, for simplicity purposes today, I'm going to focus on everything being owned by 100% by one person, just to make things simple. So we're not diving into the complexities of like partnerships and things like that, splitting up deductions and stuff. So the reason we owe these taxes is because the IRS does not like to be paid last. So if you've ever worked for a company, you're like a quote unquote nine to fiver getting a salary. Everyone's aware of their withholdings. Like (laughs) the first paycheck you ever got when you were a teenager, you're probably like, holy shit, I thought I was making X and it's X minus Y. And it's a shell shock to most people when they get their first paycheck. And that's because as an employee, your employer is withholding what the IRS expects to be receiving on a regular basis. Basically, if that's every two weeks, every month, whatever it is, the IRS gets paid all year round. We're familiar with April as like, this is when taxes are due. That's when the tax paperwork is due. And if you owe more, that's when that's due. But they want to get paid all along the way. And if you fail to do so, they are assuming they're going to get paid along the way. So they assess underpayment penalties on the amount of money they did not receive. So we're going to talk about, I guess we can talk about it now before we dive into it. So there can be a strategy. I want, as a business owner, everyone to go into this eyes wide open. 
because when it comes to running your business and allocating the capital, you need to know what's going to the cost of capital to you. So if you're looking to do an expansion on the business, if you're looking to hire some members of the team or launch a new course and you need some cash flow, there's certain sources you're going to take it from. Obviously, it's the cash you have on hand. It could be a credit card, line of credit, you know, whatever it is. There's a loan from the bank, whatever it may be. You're always going to evaluate, well, what are the terms? Like how much, what interest rate am I paying? How long do I have to pay it back? Did I put it on a credit card? Is What's the interest rate there? Obviously, that would start immediately for most people unless you have, you know, a, it's a new card and maybe you have a, a trial period of like 15 months or something where it's interest-free. But you always, as a business owner, are looking like, what's it, what's it going to cost me? The IRS is no different. You owe them this amount of money. Let's just, for this hypothetical, let's say that you owe them 50 grand for the year 2022. And so they would expect you to pay that over the course of the year. If you strategically say, okay, well, the underpayment penalty is, I believe it's 5% as I'm recording this, I think it goes up in July to 5%, from 4 to 5% is the underpayment penalty. If you make a calculated decision, like I'd rather just pay the underpayment penalty on this 50 grand, deploy the cash, get my return, and know that when I pay it in April, I'm going to be assessed a penalty. And you can work with your, your tax strategist to get a better idea of what that penalty would be. And then you make a strategic decision, like that penalty is cheaper money than if I put it on a credit card and took six months to pay it back or whatever the case may be. So I don't want this conversation to be solely on, hey, I have to uh, make these quarterly payments and then I got to take out a, a huge loan on my credit card or roll a huge balance into my credit card. I want this conversation to be education, saying, what's the cost of my capital? And the money you owe to the IRS is capital that some some business owners strategically pay in April instead of along the way because they feel they can use that money to generate more money in their business than what they owe the IRS. That's totally cool. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you how it works and then let you decide with your team what's the best use of your time or your capital. Now, if you decide you want to pay these quarterly taxes, minimize your underpayment penalties and things like that, then this episode is going to teach you how to do that with or without the help of your accountant. So the reason to get back to the reason we owe these is because nobody's withholding this money from us throughout the year. Now, again, if you're an S corporation, then you're likely, if you're you know, really doing it properly, you're on some sort of payroll service. So they're paying a portion of this for you. That would basically be your payroll taxes. So they're paying the Social Security, the Medicare, things like that. They're withholding that for you and sending it to the IRS. They're likely also withholding your federal and your state taxes if you're in a state where state taxes apply. But that's just on your salary. So even if you're an S-corp and say, oh, well, I do get withholdings because I have my salary on Gusto, that is the reason you're an S-corp is because you purposely are trying to reduce your self-employment taxes. So the rest of the money that you make in terms of profit of your business, so I'll use a quick hypothetical here, if the business makes $100,000 in profit, you paid yourself $40,000, and then you have $60,000 on top of that, that $60,000, your payroll provider is not doing anything with. 
So you would still be talking to your tax strategist or your accountant or whomever about the withholding on that 60000 because no one – it's again, that's still being treated like a pass-through until April. No one's told you what you owe on that, so you owe the estimated taxes. So that's the why. Again, the IRS, just as a quick summary, the IRS expects their money not at the end of the year but throughout the year. It's, it's real simple to think about it because just the IRS – Congress, they're greedy. They don't want to wait. And conversely, people that celebrate getting a big refund from the government, it's the opposite. You gave them an interest-free loan. The same reason that you don't want to you don't want to get a huge refund because you are just giving an interest-free loan to the IRS. So if you're not giving interest-free loans to friends and colleagues, why are you giving it to Uncle Sam? So when are these due? So these are called quarterly estimates, but realistically, don't they don't line up with all the quarters like you would think. So it can be very confusing to people. The four times of year that they're due are now. Let's I'm going to give this scenario where like we're we're in 2022 as I'm recording this. The first one's due April 15th. Now, sorry, let me back up for two seconds. The dates I'm going to give you are when they're quote unquote due. On any given calendar year, if these dates fall on a weekend or a federal holiday, they get pushed back out to like you get a little more, a couple extra days to the first business day that's not a holiday. So, but the four days are April 15th, June 15th. So, again, that throws people off because June 15th is you're still in Q2, but you owe Q2 already to the IRS. Like the quarter didn't end till. The 30th, but that doesn't matter. So that throws people off a little bit. Same thing. September 15th, Q3 is due. Then we have a long stretch. The fourth payment's not due till January 15th of the following year. So Q4 of 2022, again, I'm recording this in June of 2022. Four of 2022 is not due until January 15th of 2023. So that's super helpful. Now, again, I'm going to go over all those dates again at the end. And I'm going to remind everybody, it's these are the four quarterly estimates. The, the April 15th of the, in this scenario, 2023, that's essentially your fifth payment because these are all just been estimates. At the end of the year, your accountant is still going through and figuring out exactly what you do owe. So if there's a balance or you overpaid, obviously that's like, quote unquote, the fifth payment. But so the, just to keep in mind, April 15th is usually you're paying two things. You're paying... What you owed, so let me, I hope this isn't confusing. So I apologize if I didn't say this as succinct as I possibly could. So we're in 2022, April 5th, sorry, January 15th of 2023, you'll pay the fourth quarter of 2022. And then in theory, you may still owe more, but you just made sure you paid enough to minimize your penalties. April 15th, you're essentially making two different payments because- now you pay the balance of what you owe for the year for 2022. And now we're in 2023. You're also making Q1 of 2023's payment. So that's why it's really important that you are saving accordingly because these can rapidly catch up to you, and especially in April because people might get thrown off a little bit because they're like, oh, I'm paying 2023, but 2022. 22 is also due. So that April can feel a little bit stressful for people. As a quick side note, since we're on taxes in general, 
when you file an extension, you have filed an extension to file. You haven't filed an extension to pay. And that can be very confusing for people who don't do – they haven't really looked at their tax situation all year round because they're like, all right, I'll just buy myself time. I'll file an extension in April and then I'll get, take care of it in September or October. That will stop all the interest and penalties on filing fail, – failure to file is what the IRS calls it. But it does not stop the penalties on failure to pay because the IRS doesn't care whether or not you file if you filed your extension, but they want their money. So that's a, a misconception. And un- unfortunately, if you file an extension and you have no clue what you owe, obviously it's pretty hard to send them something, but you should send them something because again, you are you're just delaying the inevitable. You didn't get an extension on payments. So if any of this is unclear, my Instagram is at the Pat Darby, or you can email me info at darbyba.com. I'm happy to help you guys with this. And especially if you have like questions or if I said something here that was confusing, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep going and, and hopefully fill in the gaps in in the event I did say something that wasn't as clear as I was hoping. So now we're saying we know that we have to do these, these quarterly estimates and what do we have to do? So let's, let's make this as simple as possible. Like if you have an accountant that files your taxes most likely they're going to tell you what, quote unquote, what to do for next year. They may not do it for you. I want to talk about how to do it yourself. But I'm going to give you the formula on how to do this to avoid the penalties. If hypothetically, your accountant didn't tell you or they ghosted you. And unfortunately, this happens. I get a lot of people reaching out to me because their accountant's ghosting them in April of the the filing season because they're busy as hell and they have no clue what they owe in their current year. They have no clue how to pay their first quarterly estimate. So here's how you do it. So you owe one of two things. You owe to avoid the penalty. Now, this is going to sound confusing, so I'll try to do my best to say it and then give you the the example, like a hypothetical. You owe 100% of your prior year tax liability or 90% of your current year tax liability, whichever is less, which is actually pretty cool because normally with things like the IRS, they make the tie does not go to you. But in this scenario, you owe whichever is less. And that's really good because if your business is doing worse than last year, then you only need to pay 90% of what you owe this year. So it really helps you save money instead of making things worse on yourself if you're having a tough year for whatever reason. But if you're having an exceptionally good year, the other good news is you only have to pay 100% of last year for your quarterly estimates. I, I probably should emphasize that as much as possible. You still owe what you owe this year. You're just doing all this to avoid the the underpayment penalties that they, because they, again, they want to be paid throughout the year. So here's the hypothetical I'm going to give you. 2021, in this scenario, you made a, you owed $100,000 in federal taxes. And I use that number because I want it to be just a simple round number of 100000 So using that number, you would only owe $100,000 for 2022, because in 2021, you owed 100000 total. So you take that 100,000 and you divide it by four. 
So you pay $25,000 in April, $25,000 in June, $25,000 in September, $25,000 on January 15th. Now, if your business did better than that in 2022 and you ended up owing just hypothetically $150,000, when your taxes are filed in April of 2023, you still owe that extra 50 grand. That's why I say before, like you're essentially there's five payments each year that you make the four estimates and then the final payment, which your accountant will then say, Oh, you overpaid, you underpaid. And this is one of the, when I, I don't like hearing that people overpaid because that's why you do tax planning. Like you should be forecasting where you are and maybe you shortchange the IRS and in, in the January payment or even the September payment if you're like way ahead of schedule because the business is not performing as well as you had hoped or had done previously. And so that's the other thing when it comes to the 90%. So they, what I'm going to teach you how to do is obviously you're, you're DIYing this now. But if your business is doing significantly worse, calculating that 90% is going to be difficult because obviously it's a, it's a tax calculation and it's incredibly complicated. But if you're trying to do this very simply and you don't want to, maybe you're at a point in your business where you can't bring on uh, tax advisors throughout the year, then use that formula that I just said. 100% of last year. So what do you do? You grab your, your tax return from 2021. You look at how much you paid the IRS in total. Again, this is the federal side and how much you owe total and you divide it by four. You're going to do the same thing for the states as well. Again, I'm in Nevada, so I don't pay state taxes. I'm purposely here for that. But anyone who's in a state that does have state tax, you're doing the same thing on the state side. Figure out what you paid your state, and you divide it by four. Keeping at 100% makes things a lot easier for you. But again, if you're doing worse than you were hoping, you're able to pay less than that 100%. You can pay 90% of the current year tax liability. So using that same scenario, if your business is down, you would only have to owe, and you only owe $90,000 in 2022, then you wouldn't have to pay the whole hundred because again, you're doing worse, 90% of the current tax liability. So hopefully that's helpful. Now, again, the, the four times that we're making that payment is April 15th, June 15th, September 15th, and January 15th. And so if you paid $100,000, and again, I know this is repetitive, but repetition it helps people absorb things, especially if I said it in a confusing way. Maybe I said it better the second time. If you owed last year $100,000, 2021, total $100,000, each quarterly estimate now is $25,000. That should be easy enough. However, I'm going to add something to this, and it's going to add some complexity but it's important for most people. That 100% rule only works if you've made less than $150,000 in total income. It's called adjusted gross income if you want to be crystal clear on what to look for on your tax return. But it's called $150,000 of income. If your business did better than that and your overall household income did better than that, the equation goes from 100% to 110%. So if last year you owed the IRS, again, I'm going to stick with the same scenario and just switch the numbers. 2021, we said you paid 100000 in taxes because that would, you know, realistically, that would result in you have having made 
five or 600 grand, you would actually owe 110% in 2022. So you're basically just taking the number and if you're using a calculator, you're timesing it by 1.1 and then dividing it by four. So in that same exact scenario, you're going to pay taxes as if you owed 110000 last year. So instead of it being $25,000 per year, it's based on 110000 You divide that by four and you owe 27500 per year. Now, when it comes to the tax... Oh, sorry. Before I get into that, let me explain how you actually go out and do this now. So you know how much you have to pay. How do you pay? The IRS lets you pay this two separate ways. You go on their website and... If you haven't heard me say this before, if it's your first time listening, everybody should have a portal with the IRS. Sorry, I'm just like looking at the IRS website to make sure I can describe it to you as possible. So sorry, like lost my train of thought there for a second. Everybody should have and use their IRS portal for two reasons. One, because you can go on and make these payments yourself. You're not relying on your accountant, your financial advisor, anybody. And two... You're verifying everything. One, because the IRS makes mistakes. The IRS loses things. You might have processed a payment and for whatever reason, they didn't receive it. And the worst case scenario, fraud. Again, like you should be verifying what all your people are doing for you. I never fact checked this story, but I saw on social media, Steve Harvey was saying him personally, his accountant passed away and the accountant's assistant discovered that the accountant was not sending his checks to the IRS. They were cashing them and using them personally and not paying the IRS. So as I understand it, the IRS did not care that he was a victim of fraud. He still owed what he owed, even though in his opinion, the money was leaving his account. He thought he was good, but he never was looking. Again, I'm not, I shouldn't talk about Cvar because I don't really know if that story is true, but it was him saying it on social media, but anybody in general. You see the, if you are electronically getting deposits withdrawn from your accountant, which a lot of accountants do, which is a super helpful service if they're auto debiting these for you, but you should be logging into the IRS website and verifying that the money's hitting. Again, even if you have the best account in the world, it could just be that they put the wrong number in. Maybe they put the wrong routing number and it cleared or something like that. Like you just don't know, you want to make, sure that the payments are hitting your IRS account. So go into your IRS portal. So you just go to irs.gov and then you can see a button there that says make a payment or you click on the top. There's going to say file, pay. So you're going to go and just hit pay and you're going to see the whole payment portal comes up and it's a pay. I'm sorry. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the website so I can do my best to describe it. So if anyone's, this might be getting put on YouTube. So at some point you might see why I'm like not looking at the camera. You would just go to your account and, or you can just go pay. Again, I highly recommend you go build an account and it should be something you lo log into just like you would log into your bank. It takes weeks and weeks for the IRS to, to usually like catch up to like your payment. So if the payment goes out on April 15th, don't log in on like April 20th and be like, where's my payment? Because it does take like, I think they, I think they even say on there like, if it should be like six, seven, eight weeks, something like that before you see it posted, which is fine. But again, most people are logging in never and confirming that the IRS got your payments. Um, second hack 
to to do on what to do based on what I just told you. This is going to sound contradictory to what I just told you, but and I can't take credit for this. Smarter people than me had this idea. When you make your quarterly payments, you should label them into the IRS. So in that scenario I just gave you where you're paying $25,000 per quarter to make things even, what you should really do is in April, send $25,001. In June, send $25,002. In uh, September, $25,003. And obviously, same thing in January, and $4. So that way, if... God forbid you go in there with your accountant and he's like, how many, or she says, how many payments did you make? And you log in and you only see three payments of 25 grand. You don't necessarily know what happened. Whereas if you say 25,001, 25,003, 25,004, you're like, crap, something happened in June. They didn't get my payment. And now you have a starting point to start going back into your banking records for June, IRS records, things like that. So just a placeholder so that you know exactly what happened. And I would do that with the same thing with the state. Just label them by the quarter they're in. You can do the same thing at the end of the year if you really want to. But for the end of the year, you may not need to because the reasonable scenario is that you're owing an odd number anyway because your accountant's probably going to do the math. Say, oh, well, you paid in 100000 You owed 100000 and twelve. So like you're going to send in like a weird number because they're obviously going to get this to the penny. So you probably don't need to do it for that. But that's a nice little hack that again, you want to protect yourself because people are going to be helping you and you should trust them, but you should be verifying for fraud and accidents, not just from the people helping you, but also the IRS. I guess as I'm recording this, the IRS computer system is over 60 some years old. They are so behind because of COVID. And I mean, realistically, I think there's a blame COVID forever, but they're just a disorganized organization. They've got a lot going on. And some of it's not their fault. To, again, I'll, I'll throw the IRS under the bus any day. But to their credit, Congress dumps stuff on their plate that they're not equipped to handle. Like during COVID, for instance, when they started unleashing all those like child stimulus things and whatnot, the IRS was tasked with tracking that. But the IRS doesn't have a database on a lot of those things on like which kids should have it. Like I forget the details, but there was, there's a lot of things with like the child dependency that the IRS is tasked with being on top of, and they don't have a database to actually police it. So as much as I love to make them the devil for everything business owner related, throws things that on them last minute, specifically with COVID, they just bunch times. And they had no way. They're just doing their best to keep up with it. So again, I can't emphasize enough. That's why you need an, an IRS portal and protect your ass. Like look to make sure the payments are hitting where they should be hitting, whether you're doing it or your accountant's doing it. All right. So here's, <laughs> I digress again. I really need to get better at staying on topic. All right. So you're in the irs.gov payment portal. We're going to go to your account or you can just say pay now from your bank account. And then it just takes you to a direct pay. And then you just go through the process. It's going to ask you, you know, all the standard procedures for paying from your bank account or debit card. The, and that'll get that'll get things solved for you. The other way to do it through the IRS, and oh, sorry, both of these links that I've just talked about through the IRS portal are going to be linked in the show notes. So hopefully that's helpful. Uh, so, and the second way to do it, 
the IRS does have an electronic federal tax payment system, the EFTPS system. And that's cool because it allows you to go in and log in all your banking information. And then it's just permanently on their system. So it takes a little bit of stress off of your personal opportunity to type like for having a typo or something like that. The electronic, the EFTPS, again, there's going to be a link to it. That takes some planning. I forget the total turnaround time, but you basically go in, enroll, they physically mail you a PIN number. I believe that takes like one or two weeks for it to arrive. And then you go in, type in the PIN, verify who you are, then you're up and running. But what's cool about that electronic system is if you really wanted to be autopilot, you could sit down and just do this in one shot and you can schedule payments for the rest of the year. So it's a lot cooler because it's you can put some automation behind it. So those are the two ways you pay the IRS. I personally use the EFTPS system because again, I wanted my banking information set up. I don't personally automate the rest of the year because I do want to have a little bit more control over what I am doing, how much I owe. And this gets into, the, the again, the, the tax planning side because you want to start paying less if you need to, like if you've invested a bunch of money to grow your business and so your tax liability will be lower, I personally want to pull that back. I don't want to ever get a refund from Uncle Sam because that means I just gave them an interest-free loan like we talked about earlier. So I think that's that's a valuable thing. So there's two, again, so there's the direct pay button on their website, which is most of you will, will end up having to use if you do this last minute because that allows you to just go in, type in your bank information and boom, the payment's out the door. The other way takes a few takes a few weeks of planning. But once it's up and running, they have your banking information, you can schedule payments, it's much easier. And again, even if you want to, like I said, if we want to autopilot these and say, all right, I owe twenty five thousand per year, or sorry, per quarter. I just want to be done with it, schedule all four for the year, and you're done. So that's really the, the way to, to do it. So I will quickly go back all over through it. We owe our tax payments. Because no one's withholding. So if you decide to pay these withholdings, which again, you, you're you required to, but if you don't, you just pay a penalty. So if that penalty is less than what you would pay for in a credit card or some other lending situation, you may talk to your team and say, "It's I'm going to delay this. And this is the reason why. Again, that's not advice. I'm telling you, I'm not telling anyone to do this, but I'm just saying that would be a strategic reason to pay the whole lump sum at the end of the year in April, then throughout the year. Again, I'm not advocating that, but that would be the strategic reason why you would ignore these, this entire podcast. But if you're doing this yourself, that's how you calculate it. You take your 100% of last year and you divide by four and you pay it out over April, June, September, and then January. And then obviously this is one of the reasons I emphasize tax planning is because if you get to like the end of the year, October, November, December, you have a pretty good idea of what you actually owe the IRS. So now you need to start planning, what do I actually owe in that fifth payment? So like, all right, cool, I avoided all the tax penalties, but like in that hypothetical scenario where you made 500 grand, you owed 100 grand, now your business is doing 800 grand in revenue, what the hell do I owe? What's that fifth payment going to be? You know, you want to have a pretty good idea of that. And so this is why for my clients, we have a tax account. 
again, if you're familiar with the profit first system, basically using that, that, uh, that system <laughs> where you take a portion of your revenue, it could be 20, 25, 30%, and you shift it again, revenue, not profit, and you shift it into this account. So that way you have a pretty good idea. It's like, okay, well, I've all, I'm paying 25,000 every quarter, but I'm going to owe another 65,000 come April. No problem. Don't overpay in the quarter. I mean, you could if you want, but you don't have to overpay in the during the quarter. You can keep that 60 grand for yourself as you know, I was going to say earning a little interest, but it's very, very little interest. But you could do that. Again, that's why you want to have the strategy sessions where throughout the year you're saying, okay, well, this is, I'm going to owe another 60 grand in a few months. So that way it's not a shell shock when you sit down in March or April with your accountant. And they're like, okay, uh, we saw you made $100,000 of estimated taxes. And in your mind, you're like, oh, estimated taxes, I paid my taxes. And they're like, okay, so just, uh, send another 60 grand in and we're done. <laughs> and you're like, shit. That's why you want to have a pretty good idea of where you're going if you're doing way, way better. And the hard part is, and I don't have I don't have a this is the toughest part for me to give this part of advice. The challenge is when you're having a much, much worse year. Because again, you only owe 90%, but 90% of what? That can be very hard to calculate. And obviously it's hard to estimate it too, because there's the tax code is not easy. That's why all the software like even a DIY software is not not super cheap, relatively. But but ninety percent of what is hard to to calculate. Like you do need to have someone plug those numbers into professional software and see what that is. Because again, if, let's say your business did five hundred grand, you paid a hundred thousand in taxes. Now this year, for whatever reason, maybe the business is only doing two hundred grand. Like you have no. It's really hard to estimate ninety percent of what that is because of the way the tax bracket works. It's not, you don't just take the pro rata percentage. You can't be like, oh, well, my business is only doing 40% of what it did last year. So I'll just take 40% of 100K. I mean, that might be a simple math way to do it, but you're probably still going to be overpaying to some extent. And when you're having a bad year, you probably don't want to be overpaying because, again, most likely your profits are down. You might personally be facing hardship from that. You don't want to just start giving an interest-free loan to the IRS because this is harder to target. So that's that one's really where my advice is tougher because obviously all my clients are having a like they're they're hired us to help us help them with that. And if you're having a tough year, I I know like accountants, bookkeepers, CFOs, like that's basically I just name myself and my team. And obviously we do the whole wealth management as well. If you're not aware of my what my business is. We do everything from the CFO work, tax strategy, bookkeeping, tax filing, and all the personal wealth management and financial planning. But it's not necessarily cheap to to get that team. So if you're having a tougher year, you do want to probably at least try to get a tax estimate from somebody in towards the end of the year. So hopefully this has been helpful. And as always, really I can't emphasize enough. Like I love I love this stuff because for people who are unaware, I did not come from a background of tax, financial literacy. I was a science major in college, so I considered myself intelligent, but that was with biochemistry. (laughs) Knowing biochemistry does not help you file taxes. So I had to learn all this on my own and then went into the career of finance and tax. and, And obviously, the industry taught me the rest as I got my designations and things like that. But I have a tremendous amount of empathy for people 
who think they're asking stupid questions, but it's like, this is not common knowledge. Like the tax code is complicated as shit. That sucks. But also the other way to look at it is like, you look at guys like Donald Trump and Bezos. Again, those are two separate political aisles, but they still play the same game where they pay as little taxes as humanly possible because they, the tax code essentially says everything is taxable except for, and then there's, I think like 10,000 pages after that saying, except for, and then that's where the, the experts come and help you legally get around it. Again, I don't care if you like or dislike the tax system. I don't like it, but I spend a lot of time legally getting around it. Obviously, we have to still pay something, but the tax code was written for you, the business owner, because at the end of the day, even though in this political climate, it doesn't feel like it, they want business the tax code was built for you and I to build successful businesses, to make a lot of money for ourselves, and in turn, help out the economy as a whole. Hiring people, taking that money and investing in other businesses, the stock market is other businesses, real estate is helping people. So the tax code is built for that. So I say that to, to say, if you guys do need help with this, again, not even necessarily, hey, I'm ready to hire. If your business is smaller, just starting, highly recommend you reach out. I do pro bono time slots as well. So whatever I can do to help from an educational standpoint, I'm happy to do it. So DM me on Instagram. It's the Pat Darby and or at the Pat Darby. Or you can email me info at DarbyBA.com. And again, all the resources from the show notes will be, or all the resources will be in the show notes. And I hope you guys have a great day. Oh, sorry, before we hang up, if this is helpful, please share it. Again, I, I really am doing my best to make taxes a little bit easier because again, I do remember how many questions I had when I was starting out, not in this business, when I launched my first business right out of college. So please share this with a friend if this is helpful because I don't like how many of us don't even know we have to pay these estimated taxes. And then we get hit with penalties and confusion and stress come tax season. And that sucks. Like we have way more important things to do by helping people. Like I'm obviously helping with their taxes and eliminate the stress. You're helping people lose weight and get in better health, get off medications. We don't, we shouldn't be spending our time freaking out because the IRS is on our ass because we just made an honest mistake. So if this is helpful, please share with you can tag me at the Pet Darby. I would really appreciate that. And all right, now officially have a great day. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us this week on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Make sure you visit our website, DarbyBA.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram at PatDarbyBiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.